Hello and welcome to the Hallelujah Podcast. I'm your host, Grace, and I'm beyond excited to have you here today. At Hallelujah, my mission is to provide a space where you can grow in your faith, be encouraged, and gain an understanding of God's Word. In our episode today, we are talking about the topic of disappointment and how to deal with disappointment as a Christian. Disappointment is a very real thing, and we're not immune to it as Christians. We can be disappointed in anything in life, really. So whether it's family, friends, relationship, church, even sometimes we can feel disappointed with God or with how things are panning out. And my hope and prayer for our episode today is that we can just get real with disappointment. We can talk about what it is, how to deal with it, even examples in the Bible about people who've been disappointed or situations where they've been disappointed but then look at it from a Christian perspective and from God's perspective as well to go, okay, what is disappointment? How do we deal with it as a Christian? And and how do we move forward and, and walk in our identity in Christ instead of being crippled in that disappointment or, or that that phase and, and that real rut that we, that we can get into when we are disappointed with the various circumstances of life? First of all, let's start out with a definition of disappointment. And disappointment is a sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. So it's that feeling when we get, when we have hope or an expectation about something and then what ends up happening is less than what we thought it would be. A few examples of this could be as kids where we have all these expectations for a birthday and how great it's going to be and presents or parties or whatever that looks like and then it doesn't end up happening and we just have that that hurt and that sadness inside us. As teens it could look like not getting invited by someone to the school formal or the guy that you really like at school or girl that they end up with one of your friends or really anything where we have a hope and an expectation for something and what happens is less than that and we're disappointed. As adults, this can look like so many things as well, whether it's a job that we don't get or maybe you've been in a relationship for a while and you don't get married as soon as what you thought you would or you can't have kids, you miss out on a job or a house that you were wanting to get. Really anything and everything in life, there are so many opportunities where we have a hope and an expectation for something and it doesn't come through the way that we thought it might. For me personally, I know there's a few big examples of where I've been disappointed as a child and two come into mind. One was particularly with birthdays where I'd have these huge expectations for how I would feel on the day and how everyone would treat me and the presents that I would get, whatever it was. And every single year, I remember my birthday would always end in tears and I'd always feel disappointed. And after years and years of that happening, I just came into it going, I'm going to have low expectations or no expectations so that I don't get hurt. And another example of this for me more in my teen years was in relationships. I would so frequently be disappointed by the expectation that I placed on the guy that I was with at the time. And whether it's just the way that they treat you or dates, just even the relationship in general, it's so easy to be disappointed when we have these expectations on an event or a a time or someone and that fails to come to pass and we get disappointed by that we get sad and and then we we lower our expectations often 
as a coping mechanism. And for me, I know that it was not the right way for me to respond, to go, to stop myself from getting hurt. I'm just going to have no expectations. Um, and that's something that I've had to, you know, work through over the years. And it was a coping mechanism to not be disappointed. What I found was that by doing this and putting up that barrier to have low expectations as to not be disappointed was just my coping mechanism to not dealing with that emotion of disappointment when it came. What I failed to realize though, was that by me doing this, I was doing a few things. The first of which was running away from my emotions. The second was not trusting God's promise. And then the third was not seeing the bigger picture. So those are the three, but we're going to come through and unpack each of those ones today. The first one that we had was running away from my emotions. For me, I couldn't cope with the feelings that I had. So instead of turning to God in that space, I would run away and turn to someone or to something else. David in the Psalms is a great example of what happens when we can just truly give all of our emotions to God, whether it's in our our happiness or our sadness or our disappointment. And in many Psalms, we see that David will start out crying to God and just how he wants to escape the hardship that he has going on in his life. He cries out to God in, in anger and in hurt. And it's just that beautiful vulnerability that we can see a lot of the time coming out in the way that he's writing his Psalms. And we see that in many of these, as he works through those emotions in his own head and with God, he comes to the place of remembering God's promises and his goodness. And we see that by the end of the Psalm, he's completely changed the way that he's thinking about that particular event that has happened. One example that I found here as well, particularly in Psalm 55 in verse 22, where David concludes that we should cast our burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. So what we can see here is that when we can give our our hurts, our failures, our, our fears and our burdens to God and those disappointments to God, he will sustain us. And we see that David in many of these Psalms where he started out not having the, the courage and the hope and the faith to move forward, he ends it with that courage and hope and faith and remembers God's promise and clings firm to, to that as well. And there are many scriptures about this too. And one that comes to mind is 1 Peter 5, 7. And I love this where it says, cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And even Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty, 30, which many of you will know as well. But it says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I love just how real this is, right? Because as humans, often we are tired, we're downcast, we're disappointed, and I love that there's not that expectation from God that we always 100% of the time have to be, you know, super just happy and everything is great and we're never disappointed. But it's like, no, he He knows, he knows our hearts. He knows that we're humans. And, and when we are disappointed or we're weary and we're burdened, he says, give, give that to me. You know, we can give those burdens to Jesus and he, he helps us in that space. He doesn't leave us there to, 
to come through that that season of, of hardship by ourselves and I love that just that realness and that vulnerability that we can share with God and there's so much in the Bible about God sustaining us and we never do ourselves good away if we run from him in those moments so lesson number one that I have here is just to run to God not from God the second point that I had here as well was not trusting in God's promise what I failed to realize that was by me putting up that wall and having those low expectations as to not be disappointed, that was me not trusting in in God's word and what he said. Similar to our last point, the Bible is full of God's beautiful promises to us. When we fail to trust God and what he has said in his word, we are saying that he's untrustworthy or a liar and we just take it into our own hands to deal with. In my case, I wasn't walking with God at this point in time of my life, so I had no interest in his promises and certainly wouldn't have clung to it. Um, But just to give you some examples of of God's promises that we can actually cling firm to is, first of all, in Psalm 37.23, which says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Even though we can go through those seasons of disappointment and hurt, we see that God, his promise to us is that we will not fall and he will uphold us. And even just that first part again we can look at where it says, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. So I would ask you that in those seasons of of happiness, but also sadness and disappointment, are you delighting in the Lord so that he can guide your steps in and uphold you with his hand? Another good one is Deuteronomy 3.18 that says, the Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And again, in both of these verses, we can see God's promise to us is not to leave us and to leave us doing life alone, but he is faithful in providing for us and, and guiding us as we go through life, when we put our trust in him and we can have security knowing that. So we don't need to do that coping mechanism of going, I have the lowest expectations because I'm scared of getting hurt, but we can trust in God, knowing his promises and what he has said in his word. And that is what we can cling to. The third point that I have here is about not seeing the bigger picture. And the other thing I failed to realize was that that one specific moment in time where my expectations weren't met, it wasn't actually the end of the world. And I wasn't seeing the bigger picture of what God was doing. I was just so caught up in that one specific moment of time where my expectations weren't met and I was disappointed. One Bible verse that really grounds this point for me is John sixteen thirty three, which says, I have told you these things so that in me you have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Romans eight twenty eight is another really good example too, which says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been according, who have been called according to his purpose. So we know here that when we seek God and when we put him first, all things will work together. So we may be disappointed in something that happens with work or relationship or family, but even though in that moment it seems like God hasn't come through or our expectations haven't been met, we always need to remember that sometimes we just can't see 
as much as what God can see. We don't see that whole picture and we don't see that maybe what is working on the outskirts of this situation, but we know and we can cling firm to the promise from God that he works all things together for the good of those who love him. One thing that I found really interesting and I've actually only had some recent revelation on as well is the timing of when we're seeing something come to pass. And of course, as humans, we're not immune to that disappointment, but we can look to the Bible to see how others have dealt with disappointment and how they've sought God in the midst of that season that they're in. One really big example that we can see in scripture is Moses and the Israelites. We have Moses who has been called by God to deliver and free his people from captivity in Egypt. And in the circumstances that he's in, in the people that he's surrounded by, there were so many opportunities for him to be disappointed. And he most likely was. He would have had expectations, no doubt, of how the people would respond to what God had called him to. Maybe he thought that they would back him and they would see him as the man of God that God says he is. And yes, you know, he will, he will lead us into the promised land. But first of all, they, I mean, they rejected him, right? So he, he would have been disappointed in the people's reactions, but also then even just being disappointed in the circumstances where he may have had all these expectations and hopes that God would free them in one week and they'd be out and into the promised land. But it took years and years and years in that process of hardship and pain and the people complaining and, and not seeing maybe what he thought would come to pass as soon as, as maybe what it did. Even as, you know, he starts to go through that process and on one day the people are encouraged and they're worshiping God and they're, they're sticking with the commandments but then right on the other day, they're turning their back away from God and they're back to the old idols and, and the old ways that they used to be. So, so many areas for, for disappointment for Moses. And never in a million years, I imagine, would he have pictured himself stranded in the desert for years, tending sheep and, and pleading to God to have mercy on these people that he's, he's, leading at, he's leading out of Egypt and who have let him down just time and time again. We get disappointed when we don't have something happen in the month that we're wanting it to. And I can speak for myself as well, knowing that I could have expectations for a job or a relationship or whatever it is. And if, you know, in today's society, I think partly because of social media, we, we just, we want that instant gratification. And sometimes when we have to wait for that, it is, it's, it's hard. It's hard to wait and it's hard to be patient Yet Moses was just faithful for decades and decades in working through this. And even right at the very end of his life where he was actually unable to enter the promised land after all that time of serving and guiding the Israelites because of uh, his disobedience to God. But even though he experienced that disappointment, he responded by still continuing to put his trust in God and clinging onto his promises and I think that's a really good lesson for us where in those seasons of disappointment, we can choose to trust in God's goodness. Another example that we can look to in scripture is just the multiple women who were barren for years and years and years, and they would be clinging on to the promise to conceive a child. 
but no doubt experienced disappointment themselves or even disappointment with their husband about not seeing that promise come to life when when they thought it may have. And any time we have that promise from God, it's easy to lack trust when we don't see it straight away. So that's something that we need to, I guess, just be aware of in life and, and choosing to continue to, to trust God as we go. The last example that I have here from scripture as well is when we look at the disciples and their life. So we know that they expected the Messiah to come in victoriously and slay the Romans and free them from captivity. But no doubt they would have been disappointed or they would have experienced disappointment when their Messiah, who they'd been waiting for all this time, came in on a donkey to serve the the lost and the last and the least. He was not that triumphant conqueror in the way that they pictured. Yet when we step back and we look at the picture, we know that he so triumphantly has conquered the the world and, and sin. And even for them, like seeing the way that, that Jesus was crucified on the cross by the Romans, their hopes would have been buried with him in the tomb when he was buried. They would have experienced appointment of a disappointment of seeing the Messiah, the one they put all their trust and their hope in, ultimately being being killed and buried. Yet again, when we step back and we look at that bigger picture, we know what he said about rising and, and coming back and conquering sin and death. But sometimes when we're in that moment where we can't see that that promise come to its fulfillment, we get disappointed and we stop having that trust in God that maybe we once did when everything was going our way. I love at one point as well um, that in Luke 24, Jesus rebukes them for not continuing to have that, that trust or that hope in him where he says, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets has, have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And again, what we so often don't see is that bigger picture and the promise from God's word. Like we we look at what Jesus said he would do in his ministry and the prophets have spoken that they had the word of God there with them, telling them what would happen. Yet when they didn't see that come to pass, when they didn't see that fulfillment right in front of them, they lost hope and they were disappointed. And Jesus rebuked them for that. I think what we can kind of just note from here as well is that Sometimes it just depends on when we're looking at something. And at that one moment in time, we can be disappointed when we haven't seen that promise come to pass, but it doesn't mean that it won't happen in the future. We could see that with like Jesus' death at the point when he died, they would be disappointed because, you know, not the the hopes that they had weren't fulfilled. But we look then three days later where Jesus comes back and he's risen and that reignites that that hope and that excitement and the trust that they had in in what God said he would do. Or even in Mary and in, in Joseph, all those years waiting for that promised son that they have where then she, she bore Jesus. But I know that there was time in the middle where they wouldn't have seen that promise when she hadn't conceived. Even though it took years to come to pass, there no doubt would have been disappointment. Because sometimes, I guess just in our humanity, we can forget the promises of God and we can get caught up in that sadness or that lack of, you know, hope or expectation coming to pass. But just because we're looking at something at a certain point in time and it hasn't happened doesn't mean that God is any less faithful and it won't happen in the future as he has promised. 
in all of those examples, though, we see the good news. We know that God was faithful in keeping those promises and he set Israel free. You know, Israel entered the promised land and Mary and Joseph bore that son and the women in the Old Testament had their promised children. And we know ultimately in that good news that Jesus did indeed rise and every single promise and prophecy did come to pass. And we can see and look back on that now and know that God is good and faithful and what he promised to do for the people back then, he will promise or keep his promises to do for us now as well. And what we see here is when people are faced with disappointment and those circumstances that are less than ideal in life, there are two choices. The first of which is to turn away from God and respond in bitterness and blame ourselves, blame others, blame God. And that causes us to lower our expectation of God and what he can do in the future. Or we can turn to God in those moments. And in those moments, we can respond in a a position of hope and trust and faith and standing firm on God's promise. We can keep our expectations high, knowing that God is a good God And we can be honest with him about how we're feeling that maybe we're disappointed or or what's going on and just talk to him because he will listen. And if we stop to hear his voice, he will talk to us and be our comforter and counselor and guide us through any of those struggles or, or disappointments that we have in life when we haven't seen a promise come to pass. When we turn to God, we also keep that eternal perspective of hope and not getting too caught up in the world that we're living in right now. And one verse I love is Matthew 28, 20, where Jesus promises that he will never leave us and that he is with us until the end of the age. So we need to keep our eyes focused on that and that, that, that promise that ultimately he's given us that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And the last point as well about when in those seasons of disappointment, where we choose to turn to God is that he can use that time to refine us and training us in our character and discipleship and and helping us help others in that situation as well. And again, we touched on Romans 8.28 earlier, but it says that we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. So we can use those times to refine us and grow us and strengthen us in our faith. And in talking about this topic today, I want us to know that yes, disappointment is real and it is a very real thing that we can experience within our walk, but we cannot forget what promises God has made to us. And we miss out on so much when we don't remind ourselves constantly of who God is. A few things here that we can remind ourselves of is the simple truth of the gospel that we were so stuck in our sin with no way back to be made right before God, yet God in his goodness sent Jesus down to earth as a man to die on the cross and take on that punishment that we should have worn. And in that we're rescued from sin and bondage and and just the the beautiful simplicity, but just the power in what Jesus did and the gospel. And that when we put our trust in Jesus, that we can be made right with God and we have that eternal hope and life and future. And sometimes when we remember that, it just makes the little things in life that we can get frustrated about seem so silly and insignificant when we just remember the the glory of God and, and what that sacrifice ultimately that he made for us. Just a constant reminder to keep our eyes 
keep our eyes up and focused on Jesus and and what what he has done for us as well. And another point as well, just don't let Satan take a hold of disappointment in your life. If he can get a hold of disappointment and let that fester, then it leads to discouragement, which leads to disillusionment, depression, and eventually defeat. And to combat any of that disappointment in our lives or that defeat, what we need is thankfulness. And there is so much that we can be thankful for. I mean, not not only our jobs or the money that we have and our family, our friends, our church, our community, even just waking up every morning and being able to take another breath is such a blessing from God. But also thankfulness that we belong to God and that we are his children and that we are redeemed, that we have been made right before God and that we can have an eternal hope and and future with God and that he works all things together for our good and his love and his presence and his provision in our lives. Like There's honestly so much that we can just be thankful for as, as Christians. When we have that attitude and that posture of thankfulness in our lives, we can destroy that disappointment and be victorious. We need to remember our identity in Christ and that ultimately we have won the battle. 1 John 5, 4 says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Colossians 3, 1 to 4 also says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. And I love these verses and there are so many more verses and I would encourage you just to get into the word and and look at all the scriptures regarding thankfulness as well, because really that is such a weapon for us when we are going into those seasons of disappointment that we can cling to God's word and remember who he is. And in that thankfulness, we start to rewire our brains and and take a hold of the situation that we're in and not not be a victim to disappointment or all those expectations that we haven't met, but we remember our identity in Christ. We remember who God is and his promises and his goodness. And that my friends is the power that we, and the power and the authority that walk, that we can walk in as Christians. So moving forward, when you do experience those times of disappointment in your life, Remember to not run away from those emotions, but instead take it to God, talk to him about it and see his perspective on it. Remember to trust in God's promises and even just his character and his goodness and his faithfulness and read, get into the word and and read that, get that scripture into your heart to really change any of those thoughts that you're having where you forget who God is and his character. And just always remember to see the bigger picture and that ultimately he's working all things together for the good of those who love him. And just be encouraged that God is good and he is faithful and that you have church and community and friends around you who want to see you prosper and grow in your faith and not be discouraged and not not be sitting in those moments of sadness and, and ungratefulness, but instead just walking in that power and authority that we have as Christians in Christ. But my hope and prayer always is that in those seasons of disappointment that you will just remember who God is and that you will do whatever you need to just to to build up your spirit inside you and to to pray and to worship and just to remember who God is and and what he says about you and 
the things that he's going to do in your life because no doubt it'll it'll be incredible. But let me wrap us up in prayer as, as we finish this episode as well. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that you are a good God and that through all of the years, God, that you are, that you are faithful and your promises always come to pass, oh God, and that and that we can rest and we can trust and remember that you are God and that it's not in our own strength and our own might that we have to work everything together and, and we have to, in our own strength, make everything happen, God, but we can rest and we can trust in you and, and knowing who you are, God. And Father, I just pray for anyone in those seasons of disappointment right now, Lord, that they would just take the time to rest and to get into your word and to pray and, and hear from you, God, and that that as they turn to you and cast their burdens on Jesus, that you would refresh their weary souls, that you would give them the, the strength and the hope and the life and the encouragement that they need to see you in all of those situations, God. We thank you so much for who you are, and I just pray a blessing over everyone listening today or in the future, Lord, that that you would just guide them in their steps, that you would encourage them and strengthen them and and bless them as they are with their families and friends and work, school, university, wherever you've got them placed right now, Lord God, I pray that you would just, yeah, just watch over and protect them and and give them that shalom peace and, and a peace that surpasses all understanding and, and that they would always remember their identity in you and, and who you are. So we love you, God. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives and, and we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you everyone for tuning into our 24th Hallelujah podcast episode, Dealing with Disappointment. My hope and prayer is that I will always be able to point you to Jesus and that you will leave feeling encouraged, equipped, inspired, and ready to go out and be salt and light in this world. Don't forget to follow and leave us a five-star review if you're enjoying this content so that we can get the good news out and reach more people. And as always, I'll leave all the links um, in the description below to website, Instagram, um, the podcast on different platforms, everything that you need to there. Thanks everyone for tuning into the Hallelujah podcast and I will see you next time. Sounds-